Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. How are you doing, bud? Very good. I am uh, very much looking forward to this, uh, doing this episode. Unfortunately, the circumstances of which the episode taking place is not so good. Uh, so I guess um, if anybody's listening to this on some sort of delay or maybe waited until you know three years to catch up on all our episodes... Um, it's been only about a couple of days since, uh, Delane announced that they would be pretty much just, uh, the whole band be splitting up and Martin Westerholt, who, uh, we discussed in our Within Temptation episode, uh, being that his brother was a founding member or him and his brother were founding members of Within Temptation. Um, he's going to be continuing Delane on his own and kind of, going as like a throwback to their their first album, uh, Lucidity, which was basically just him and Charlotte Wessels kind of, um, and just a bunch of hired guns, uh, you know, a bunch of guest stars. So I believe that's going to be the direction the band goes. I don't know exactly what happened, but it sounds like the rest of the band and Martin were on different wavelengths and i don't know if it had anything to do with touring or 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 just uh you know the the classic music uh musical differences or uh creative different differences as they say but um it's kind of a bummer because delane um ever since you know i heard of them which we're going to get into detail on that but they've been one of my favorite bands and arguably my favorite you know symphonic symphonic metal band um so yeah, that that's kind of what, where this came from. So uh, you know, we I had suggested that we would talk about um, Symphony X's uh, five or V New Mythology Suite album, and and we will we will cover that, and we'll kind of go over the the updated schedule, if you will, at the end of the episode. But um, we decided uh, in honor of you know Delane, uh, we would talk about I, what I would think is both of our favorite uh, Delane albums, April Rain. Yeah, we, we called the audible because, uh, you know, I, I, I've actually thought Symphony X was a great choice last week. And, and, and just so people understand what I wind up doing is after we record, usually Monday before we record uh, the following week's episode, I usually start listening to albums. But I was really excited by your choice last week. And I actually, the second we stopped recording, I put on uh, the Symphony X album and I listened to it and I got about halfway through, but then life took me in a, in a different direction. And I, and I forgot how much I absolutely love that album. Uh, but then this news broke and we both decided, you know what? Symphony X will just take a back seat for now. We'll get to that episode down the line. And, you know, you know, we were both such big Delane fans. I had a feeling we would do something on them in the not so distant future. Uh, I just didn't think it would be under these circumstances. So I guess that's a little bit bittersweet. I, I, uh, want to say, this- I think you said the exact same thing about Children of Bodom a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's becoming a little bit of a pattern now for, for obviously a little bit of a different reason with, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, but the, the, they seem like they're timely. So, you know, I, I think we were remiss not to do them. Um, and, and April Rain, I, I'll, I'll just say up front, is my favorite Delane album. And I have quite a strong uh, th- thoughts about both that album and that album vis-a-vis the rest of their discography. But before we even get into that, I just want to mention a couple of things. First off, uh, just to uh, put a bow on Iron Maiden's Killers, 
Um, I just want to congratulate you because we have actually now been blocked in four countries as a result of that episode. <laughs> this is not a joke. Uh, we, we obviously put on some audio clips on some of these, uh, you know, recordings just to give people a flavor of what it is that we're talking about. And as soon as I uploaded last week's episode, I got a, uh, a message from YouTube. They emailed us and they said that we have been blocked in Cuba. Iran, North Korea, and Syria. So congratulations, bud. We've actually been blocked in four countries as a result of Iron Maiden. Well, um, I'm a little disappointed that uh, the Iron Sheik will not be able to listen to <laughs> that episode. I, what, one of the things I thought was a little bit strange was that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, they only blocked they only blocked us for three of the four songs that were... Uh, included in the episode yeah so. we got we got we got warnings for for the use of certain songs in those particular countries but we i think there were four clips in the in the in the episode and only blocked for three of them so i guess only certain songs are permissible in dictatorships I, i'm not exactly sure how this works but uh i found it interesting so just to put a bow on that we apologize to our fans in cuba iran north korea and syria uh you'll have to check us out on some other channel or something yeah <laughs> i mean the, the, I the many the many that, that are listening from 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 those countries uh that being said two two uh two two new things that i wanted to just mention two two new singles that came out that really just uh i thought were worth mentioning the first one of my favorite bands and this is like low-key one of my absolute favorite bands they're from the uk they're called neon fly I don't even think the hardcore fans have ever heard of this band, but they are kind of like a melodic hard rock um, touch of hair metal, touch of power metal. Touch, I mean, they got like a lot of different things going on, but they just write some of the catchiest melodies in music. Uh, and their last album was about seven years ago at this point, but they released a new single, which is actually a cover of Shocking Blues Venus, which is a song from now what? It's got to be over 50 years ago. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is this is in anticipation for an album which will be coming out later this year. So I'm extremely excited to, to hear some new Neon Fly material. And another band, which uh, is in a genre that I don't think we've ever talked about here, which is more of like that post-metal uh, stuff. Uh, I am not a huge, or I was never a huge fan of post-metal. Other than the ocean, I always kind of liked the ocean, but I never really <laughs> dove deep in the waters of any of the other post-metal bands. But I heard another one this week that really kind of blew me away, and they're called The Crown. Uh, not surprisingly, they're actually on Pelagic Records, which is the ocean's label. Uh, and they came out with a song called Illumination. Uh, really, really cool production, like dark, uh, moody, um, just like really cool sound effects, and but yet like laden with hooks. Very, very interesting stuff. Uh, I recommend that everyone check that out. I'll certainly post that single uh, during the week. Uh, and, and it's kind of a genre that I think I'll be checking more out of because, um, you know, as I try to find new music, it's kind of different, but I, I'm starting to really like it. So uh, if you've never heard of The Crown, definitely go check them out. I know that you you had shared the Neon Fly song with me uh, the other day via YouTube and uh, really really awesome cover i thought um i did not know that the song was not originally by bananarama so i learned something new today <laughs> yeah apparently everyone's covered this track i had no i had no idea that it was quite frankly such a classic tune um and and not my favorite neon fly track just because i love their original music but i thought their take on the song was very very good so uh 
that's an album that you know uh, and a band that we really should cover at some point but um the new album isn't out for a couple of months now so well hey look if they break up soon then there'll be an episode yeah we'll just bump it up and we'll we'll get to them sooner rather than later and, and as you mentioned we'll get to uh the lineup for the next couple of weeks uh at, at the end of the episode so stay tuned for that and with that, we uh, will go right to the reason why we're here, which is Delane's April Rain, their second uh, release, but their first kind of release as, a, as an entity, if you will, where it was like a kind of a solid band. Although one of the first things you'll notice is that this band has had a million lineup changes over the years. Without a doubt, um, especially on drums, I feel like um, they've had a lot of different drummers and it'll be interesting to see who uh, Martin kind of... Uh, you know, recruits for, for the new, the new uh, era of Delane, or if he's going to try to like each album, just have whoever he can get kind of like a, kind of like an Arion kind of situation. Um, it'd be really cool if maybe he, uh, you know, got Marco to, to do something with since, you know, Marco was, uh, I believe he did guest vocals on three different Delane albums over the years, including the first two and including this one that we're going to talk about today. But uh, yeah, there has been, um, I believe the only uh, Charlotte and Martin are the only band members that have been in Delane from album one to the most recent release, uh, Apocalypse and Chill, that came out last year. Um, yeah, I think the, they've been the only uh, the only uh, static band members since the band started. Yeah, and I'm I'm not really sure what his intentions are going forward, but I'll say this, you know starting with April Rain and really for each album thereafter, they've picked up steam and they've become a pretty big band, especially in that genre, you know, that symphonic metal genre. Um, their shows, they, you know, they've, they've toured all over the world. They were actually doing U.S. headlining shows, which in and of itself I thought was pretty uh, phenomenal for a band that hasn't been around that, that long. Uh, because if you would have asked people 10 years ago, I don't think anybody ever heard of them when this album came out. And right. so they really did. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, they, they really did uh, kind of blow up, if you will. Uh, but the irony is, you know, if you have, you know, if you don't have a, a touring lineup that's really like, uh, I guess, you know, uh, consistent, I find it hard to really build on that momentum that they've achieved for the last 10 years or so. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, the last time I saw them live, they were touring with... Well, actually, that's not even true. That wasn't the last time I saw them live. But one of the last times I saw them live, they uh, were doing a co-headline tour with Hammerfall. And I just assumed that they were the you know opening for Hammerfall. Sure. And, and uh, you were there, too. Uh, they ended up being the headline band in New York City. And, um, I mean, for me, can't go wrong with either of those shows or either band going on last. Um, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see them build ahead of hammerfall at least in that new york show yeah i mean hammerfall has been touring the states going back to 1998 i, I remember um you know we we'd mentioned we'd seen halloween in a really tiny club back in 1998 it was our first club show but the month prior hammerfall had played that same really really tiny venue in new york city so uh although we missed that show it goes to show they you know they've been touring for a long long time but the lane has really picked up steam um, you know, or at least had been up up until up until the news of this week. When did you first hear this band? Uh, yeah, I know there's like this has become the the question every week, and, and a lot of times it's kind of like I have to to think about it and kind of pinpoint it, like a certain like era of time. I, I mean, I could tell you pretty much the day um, was 
uh, the year before that they had played at the Prague Power USA Festival in Atlanta, um, I was at the Prague Power USA Festival in Atlanta. And um, I want to say, was it the first year that they did the the video announcement where they would announce the bands for the following year? It, it might have been. And just for, for those that don't know, what happens at this festival is that they basically announce the following year's lineup at the festival itself. So it kind of gives you a year to uh, let it marinate, if you will. And they do kind of like an elaborate video production where they, uh, you know, they'll play a song or they'll show a music video by the band. And it's like this is it's it's a very, very well done production uh, by Wayne Joyner, who's done a million music videos with a ton of bands at this point. But I bring this up just because I, I believe Delane was actually in the video. And I remember thinking to myself how awesome that was. And I think you had like a puzzled look on your face at the time because i don't think you had heard of them well yeah so i all i remember was that even before the announcement so this would have been in 2009 and this was my first year back at Prague power after a, a, a six year or so hiatus um i remember seeing a big like i don't know if it was a cardboard cutout but it was some sort of like um advertisement in the vendor room and it was probably uh ken golden's label because i believe you had told me that they were on his label initially and i remember just seeing a display like uh you know uh delane april rain new new release and i just remember thinking to myself like why is this band i've never heard of getting like this front front and center you know display in this you know on this vendor room table and so when um so when they did announce the bands for 2010 um you know, Delane was announced uh, as playing uh, on the Saturday, oddly enough, uh, before Hammerfall would headline that night. Um, that all I knew of them was just from that that display in the vendor room. I'm like, all right, the band from the display in the vendor room is playing. And, and, and there year. were six bands that night, and they were they got a very very like high slot on the bill for a band that had only come out with their second album. Like they they had never played the U.S. Uh, I, I don't know that they had a huge following at this point. I really don't. But it's as if they knew that they were going to blow up. It was like almost like a premonition because they they got they got they were ahead of some really like kind of bigger bands or at least bigger bands to that audience. Bands like Seventh Wonder and DGM that were kind of like crowd favorites at that point. Right. I I, I mean my understanding is that um, promoter you know Glenn Harveston heard those first two albums and knew that you know there was something big coming and he's usually has his pulse on, on that kind of stuff i mean think about him booking circus maximus before they even had an album um I, I think he just had his finger on the pulse and he knew you know he had something good on his hands and and it's a good thing that he did at the time because they they wouldn't return to the festival again after that that was their one and only appearance at yeah and power. I and to be fair, I'm sure Ken Golden did have something to do with it because he did put out the album. Uh, but but that said, did, did you pick up Lucidity at the festival? Is that when you first picked it up? No, actually, what ended up happening was that um, I, I headed you know I headed back home, and usually the first thing I do after Prague Power is I pop in that sampler CD that they they hand out at the door every year, and um, the song Virtue and Vice was on that sampler CD, and I guess. So at that time, April Rain would have been out for, it came out in March of 20, uh, 2009. So by then it would have been about six six months it would have been out. So 
Um, I remember hearing that song and I played it over and over and over again. We I, might as well just cut the suspense. It's is that your song of the week? Because it totally I, I, is. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I knew, I knew that that was going to be your song of the week uh, because you haven't stopped talking about it for the better part of a decade now. Yeah, and if you sort my iTunes into like plays as how many plays like every song on my iTunes has gotten, it's actually the number one of every song that I have in my collection. I've played it according to iTunes ninety four times. Wow, and that's more than like I, I, I'm surprised because with uh, with the Power Quest and the Green Day and the Pearl Jam and the Halloween, I'm surprised that it actually cracked the number one spot. Yeah, it's just it's just because when that when I first had that song and I did not have any other material from the band, I was just so obsessed with it. I just listened to it over and over. I had to hear it like three times a day while I was working <laughs> from home. Like I just couldn't get enough of it. And you're talking about a time where I wasn't even really a big fan of, of or would even tolerate like death vocals. And this is one of the few Delane songs that has some death growls in it. And I didn't care. This song just hooked me. And um you know, I would eventually pick up those two albums and just become a, a, a huge fan. I mean, bo- both albums are fantastic. I give April Rain a little bit of an edge ahead of Lucidity, but um, when we decided to do this this album, I I went back and listened to both of them just because, to me, you, you, got, you can't really listen to one without the other, in my opinion. Um, so I listened to both and... Um, it was just like a love affair for me from that point on. I, I've seen them live like a whole bunch of times uh, because they were always just that band that would like be a support. You know, Nightwish goes on tour, Delane will open, you know, uh, Sabaton, Delane. You know, I saw them so many times as an, an opener. It probably wasn't until that that sh- that show with Hammerfall that I mentioned earlier where I actually finally got to see them as a headline act. And then I saw them, I think the last time I saw them, they were on tour with, uh, I believe they were playing with Amorphous and Anake. Would that be the right tour? Am I remembering that, that correctly? I, I believe that's right because I was actually talking about that. <laughs> Ironically enough, I was talking about the Anake set with a buddy of mine earlier today uh, where – where um, because for, for something completely unrelated to the podcast, but I was talking about that Anake set and how awesome she was uh, as an opening act and it was just her and acoustic guitar – and it was awesome. And then Delane, I think, took, I believe, took the stage right before before Amorphous, if if memory serves. But I, it, it was definitely Anake and Amorphous. I, I I think they were the middle slot, though. Yeah, I saw that show in, um, I believe it was Clifton Park, uh, which is like just outside of Albany, and um, there was it was sparsely attended, and it was actually really cool to see see those bands with kind of a smaller crowd, a little bit more intimate setting, especially with Anake doing an acoustic set like that in front of uh i don't know maybe like 100 people or so um so that was and, and i'm glad that i got to see delane with uh you know charlotte's one of my my favorite singers uh ever so 
getting to see her with Delane one last time. I'm just glad that I got to see that and, and, you know, see them play uh, whatever songs I guess were new at that point. And at this point, it's been so long since I've seen a show. I can't even remember when that was. It probably was one of the last metal shows that I attended um, before the pandemic hit. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I would go I would go back and, um, man, this, I, I have so many memories of like a, a specific point in time. Um, when I first moved to upstate New York, uh, I would just listen to this album constantly. Um, I remember like, uh, when I would head out to my friends, uh, for like a night of, of drinking. And, and, uh, as I was walking to their place, it'd, it'd be like a 10 minute walk and I would put my headphones on and I'd always listen to the, the title track and it would just get me so amped up just for like a night of partying and having a good time. And, um, and, 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 and honestly, like it, it, I have so many fond memories of that set that they played at Prague power. And, you know, I'm glad I remembered this because this was something I was thinking about all week that I wanted to bring up. And, um, it's something I think about uh, when it comes to a band like Delane, also a band like Amaranth, who we saw at Prague Power after they had only released one album. And, you know, uh, we were recently talking about, I forgot what band it was, um, just about how, like, if you want to see some deeper cuts when you see the band live, it's just not going to happen because you know, the a band wants to play a certain amount of hits for that, for the, that casual audience. And uh, I think it was, we were talking about Iron Maiden as a matter of fact. And yeah, the set lists are a little bit static over the years. Now I'm, I'm not saying it's every time it's the same, but for the most part you'd have static sets and it's funny. You, I think I know where you're going with this, but I'll let you continue. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, imagine if you got to see Iron Maiden on their killers tour, you know, you'd, you'd be seeing like the, the bulk of the songs would be from the self-titled out debut album and killers. And for us, like with Delane, you know, they only had the two albums. They hadn't even really had new songs to debut from their third album, which really didn't come out until several years later in uh, 2012. Um, so, I mean, you got to really see like this, a lot of what would now be considered deep cuts get played live because they didn't really have, uh, you know, very many other songs to play. And the, the wonderful surprise that I speculated on for months and was hoping would happen happened. And with tarot, uh, playing directly after Delane, uh, it opened up an opportunity for Marco to come out and sing, uh, control the storm and the gathering with Delane. And, uh, to say that I marked out would be an understatement. I just remember standing on that floor. I remember it being a particularly long wait time in between bands. And um, I just remember by that, when they finally got on, I was just like absolutely in like just music heaven. Like just, I, I, I think I was by myself too. Cause I remember you and Pat were eating pizza in the, in the stands. Yeah. It's funny. It's, a, funny. A it's, it's, it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that. And, and I'm going to, and I'm going to get to the album in a second, but you know, they, they, they came on, usually there's about a half an hour wait time in between the bands at this festival. And I don't know what was going on, but, it, for whatever reason, the it took them about an hour and change to take the stage. I think she uh, had. I think Charlotte had like her own monitor, monitors, and they yeah. had to and they had to somehow like uh, get it working with the um, the venue system. And I think it was causing problems. And I think that's what what it was. Well, 
It and, and that sounds about right. I, I just I I can't say for certain. Although that does jog my memory a bit. I'll say this: it was like the at the time they were going on. It was probably about six or seven or eight o'clock at night. I was starving. It was the fourth day of a of a of a long uh, metal festival where you know you just you're going at it for twelve fourteen hours a day every day. I was starving, and and as I'm sitting there in the stands, and I and I could see the back of your head for as we're just waiting for them to get on the stage. I I take out my cell phone and I look up for a local pizza place that delivers, and I wind up calling up. Papa John's. And now as a New Yorker, the fact that I was even eating Papa John's should tell you exactly uh, how hungry I was this particular night. So I call up Papa John's and I say to them, do you deliver? And their answer was yes, obviously. And then Armored Saint showed up. Yeah, well, that's, 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 that's a whole nother issue. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. I call up Papa John's and, and, and they say yes. And they say, where are you? And I say, I'm at the center stage in Atlanta. And they said, what? I said, just do me a favor. When your driver gets the center stage, call me, I will come outside, I will pay you, and I will take the pizza box from you. And that's exactly what happened. And sure enough, after about 20 minutes, I run outside, I pay the guy, I come in with a pizza, and Delane was hitting the stage. And there I am in the middle of this venue, eating a pizza, watching Delane. And at some point, I think you turned back and I just you, raised the box. I think, I think you texted me and you were just like, turn around. And I turned yeah. around and you're just holding a pizza box over your head. And I just laughed. I was like, yeah, it, it's funny to think that that was only the third time I had ever been to Prague Power. But um, I mean, if I wasn't convinced in, in the 2009, the year before that, I wasn't going to miss another Prague Power again. Like this year in, in 2010, I was absolutely positive that it was and you know what now that i think about it i had kind of forgotten about this and it just kind of uh i just was reminded that the night before delane played camelot was headlining and uh, roy khan had left the band um not too not too far before the festival and camelot had a whole u.s tour planned and they had to they ended up canceling it and um but they didn't want to cancel Prague Power, and they brought along Michael Erickson from Circus Maximus, who in like, I don't know, two or three weeks, like learned all the words and came and did a really fantastic job. Talk about something that, you know, no one's ever going to see again. I was, I felt pretty blessed to, even though I, to this day, have never seen Roy Khan sing live. I did get to see this super cool set of like Michael Erickson singing Knights of Arabia with Camelot. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That definitely, and, definitely. And, and, and since Charlotte was in the house, um, she came out and did um, The Haunting with Michael Erickson uh, since Simone wasn't there and, and obviously Khan wasn't there. And it was like, where else are you going to see Michael Erickson and Charlotte Wessels do the duet of the haunting with the rest of Camelot? It was a pretty special moment. I thought. Yeah. This, to say it's once in a lifetime is, is an understatement. That was, it was, uh, you know, I, I had not to go off on a real tangent here, but I, I had been blessed enough to see Camelot with Khan a couple of times. And then obviously I've seen them since then, um, you know, as they've kind of changed directions a little bit, but that particular show just stood out to me because, you know, it was just so unexpected and quite frankly, so professional of them to actually play the show. You wouldn't have realized that he wasn't a full fledged member of the band because Erickson just did a fantastic job that night. And I was kind of surprised that they didn't actually choose him to be the, the, you know, the vocalist going forward just because of how awesome he did. Yeah, I mean, maybe they did, and he didn't want to do it. Who knows? But I mean, everybody, everybody was on point. I mean, even 
Elise and uh, and Jake from Amaranth. Amaranth wasn't might not have even been a band yet, or they just or they hadn't released their first album yet. But they did some guest vocal spots, and and Tommy from Seventh Wonder, which I think Glenn calls it his uh, his his audition. Yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. Also sang a song. I believe he sang uh, Eden Echo. Um, so, so I you mean, could it, say that you you were at uh, Tommy Caravic's first show with uh, with Camelot, so to yeah. speak. And and uh, Michael Erickson's last show with Camelot, and his first, <laughs> first person only. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny. We get back to Delane for just one second. You know, I, when I I actually first heard them, uh, w- you know, on Lucidity when it first came out, I remember getting that album um, in close proximity to its release. And I have to be honest, I always thought it sounded, and, and not surprisingly, like an extension of that old Within Temptation sound. And I loved it, obviously, but as much as I enjoyed it, I thought it always lacked a little continuity just because I thought that there were guest spots all over the place. And I just thought it was a little all over the place. So I thought that while the songs themselves were fantastic, I didn't love the album as a whole. But then when I heard April Rain, I said to myself, this, this is something special because of every single song. And and I'm sure we'll get into it in a little bit greater detail now. There's not a bad song on April Rain, and for the most part, every song is fantastic. I mean, there's one or two that that are a little bit uh, behind the pack, but for the most part, every song is amazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, on Lucidity, uh, you know, Charlotte was kind of like their their session vocalist, but you know, you had uh, Marco did guest vocals. You had Liv Christine from Leaves Eyes at the time did a, uh, one of the songs. Sharon from Within T- Temptation sang one of the songs. Um, so there, I don't, I think I agree with you that there wasn't as much continuity on the album just because it was kind of like, here's a song, here's a guest vocalist, here it goes. Not, not to say, I mean, you have some all time, classics on that album especially the gathering which is arguably one of my all-time favorite delane songs um but yeah this is definitely more of a focused effort um i think it flows better i think that it's the the songs are by by and large they're short they're tight and they're um just catchy as hell i mean the album is just full of hooks and 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 because of the way that it flows and, and and I guess whatever Martin was focusing on when he wrote these songs combined with Charlotte's fantastic lyrics for what they are. um, This to me was, was an absolute home run and it just starts off with just, I I think the song April rain is not only a great opening track, but it has killer. You, you saw right away that they had upped the production tenfold on this album. Well, yeah, without a doubt, that was the, the first single as well. And they made a, they record, you know, they recorded a lot of music videos, um, around this time they uh they recorded i know at least two with with uh lucidity and i i want to say two or three with april rain and april rain was I, I remember the video vividly because they they're um it's raining and they're playing on a bridge and um you know i'm sure we can post that video um during the during the week for sure but um yeah that it's it's such a great way to just open up the track i mean it starts out with like this really willowy kind of piano solo and then all of a sudden the guitars come in and it's just kind of like delane saying like all right you know it's on now like let's let's do this yeah yeah and 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 it's right right away i think you can see that they're going in a little bit more of a pop well i'll say a lot more of a poppier direction on on this album um it doesn't have that like 
more of that that gothic vibe that that the first album did and some of the old within temptation stuff did here it's almost like pop metal uh in the sense that like i don't know it's just very very accessible and 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 maybe not the most complex music uh but at the same time it's just it's so catchy and so um almost formulaic but not in a bad way in a good way almost formulaic that it just right away the songs just stay with you uh, forever even Oh, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, it was a ter- it was a terrible joke, but, the, but but you go right into that second track, which is amazing and pro- and it's funny because April Rain and Stay Forever, the two first tracks on the disc, are are probably the only ones that they even go near live today, or at least you know on their last bunch of tours, they they just kind of stopped playing the rest of the album, which. And you mentioned it earlier when when we saw them back on this tour, they played seven songs off the album, which was fantastic. And, and to go back in time, I wish I could hear it again because slowly over time they just stopped playing most of the songs from this disc. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, part of it is because you know I don't know that they've done "Control the Storm" all that often, unless you know Marco was there to, to perform it. I know that they did, um, they did a bunch of special shows, I, I guess while Nightwish was not touring, which is not often, uh, but Delane was able to schedule some shows in Europe that Marco could tag along with and they could play some of those songs. He also did a couple of songs on one of the more recent releases. The name escapes me at the moment, but um, he has, he does guest vocals on four songs on the first two albums. So it kind of gave them an opportunity to, to perform those songs again with him. Um, but yeah, for sure. Like, um, yeah, like another, like a great song, like start swimming or, or virtue and vice. Like I mentioned before on the other side, I mean like every song is really good, but yeah, like all the times that I've seen them live, these are all songs that I either have never seen or, or only saw that, that one time at, at Prague power when they only, had the two releases and I'm, I'm actually going to pull up that set list because i'm just curious what songs they did play from this album uh, clearly i didn't do my my homework here but um <clears throat> yeah so they played yeah like you said seven songs they and they played you know go away nvidia nothing left i mean these are songs that like you know they don't touch anymore yeah i, I mean who knows what happens now um now that the band's kind of hitting the reset button, but um, it is kind of cool to look, to look back on that and be like, wow, we saw these songs live. I wish there was a, a recording of it because I would love to hear it. Yeah, I'm with you there. What what stands out to me more so than other, you know, a lot of bands will front load an album because they want the, the more memorable tunes, if you will, to be those first couple of tracks so that people kind of, stay with the album or at least they hear those songs that they want people to hear and i'm not saying that april rain and stay forever aren't great tracks they're fantastic but what really stands out to me is the depth of this album because my favorite tracks are towards the middle of the album you mentioned virtue and vice fantastic song but my number one song off the album and you just said it was start swimming that to me has always been my favorite track on the album and for some reason um you know, it's kind of buried in there and, you know, it's the eighth track and, and I'll, I'll make it my track of the week. I love that song. And I just, I, 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 you know, it's the longest song on the album. It clocks in at a whopping five minutes and 21 seconds, but it's, it's just kind of buried in there in between like, I mean, a bunch of other great songs, but it almost gets lost because it's so far deep into the album. 
I, I I like that you brought up that song because I, I feel like it's really um, a, a a really good example of where Charlotte was really hitting her stride as the as a lead vocalist. It's such a great vocal performance by her. Oh, uh, I couldn't agree more. I think it's her. I th- actually, to be honest with you, I think it's the best vocals she's done on any of her albums. I think well, that, I think that's her best vocal performance as at least that I've heard anywhere. And as I was kind of listening to this stuff, I went on YouTube. They haven't played this song in forever. Uh, but what they did do is around the time that they were touring, uh, they didn't play it in Atlanta when we saw them, but they did do acoustic versions of that song. Highly, highly recommended. I mean, I, I, I didn't even know that they had played that song because I thought it was just something that they never played live. They did, and they did acoustic versions of it, and it was fantastic. Oh, I, I'd love to hear that. I, I think we should definitely post that during the week for sure i would love yeah that. it was just i mean it, it, it was it was phenomenal i won't say that it's a perfect album it's not uh there are song i'm not a huge fan of on the other side and there's one or two tracks at the end that i'm just not uh that, that they're good tracks they're not great tracks they don't blow me away but i'll go so far as to say that by and large this is one of if not my favorite symphonic metal disc of all time very poppy, but so catchy and just so impactful that uh, I would put it up there with any album in the genre. I, I completely agree. I think that the the placement of of Marco on the two tracks, "Control the Storm" and "Nothing Left," are, are just per- perfect. Something. I mean, of course, we we know of of Marco's you know years with Nightwish and and what a what a huge addition he was to the band. And I do say was because he had just recently announced that he's no longer going to be with Nightwish, which is is a real shame because not only is he their bassist, but I mean, he's basically their, their second vocalist. Uh, You know, he provides that kind of gruff, that gruff, like raspy vocal to, you know, to floors, powerful, you know, kind of operatic style. Um, and and it's the same here. I, I mean, he he the this dichotomy between him and Charlotte just sounds so good. And and it, it's great that um, they decided to bring him back after doing a couple of tracks on that first album, Lucidity. Um, I love him on the on the. I, I always thought that Come Closer was the last track on the album, but I guess it was. I guess it's a bonus track according to Wikipedia. I guess the version of the album I had, I, I just always assumed it was the last song. So I guess nothing left. It actually does make sense because it does make for a really good last song on the disc. I think it's definitely worth pointing out. Um, it's a really good tune. Um, Come Closer is a bonus track, I guess. Um, I think it was on the on the U.S. version, and that might be why I always just assumed it was the last song. But it's, that's more of a, a kind of a ballad, but it's a, another really strong track. And, and um, one of the interesting notes here I want to – point out is that um charlotte would become you know a songwriting force for this band but not yet um she has a, a co song uh, songwriting um credit for i'll reach you but um for the most part uh, martin westerholt does the bulk of the songwriting here and, and something i never really realized is that there's this guy uh, gus eakins who i didn't realize this but he has been He's done work on every single Delane release from uh, Lucidity on, but has never really been considered like a full-time band member. He's just been 
I guess kind of like, yeah, like a session musician, but he has songwriting credits on every single Delane album, which I had no idea. I I found that out in in some of my research uh, this week, which is pretty interesting. And and he has a, a, you know, he wrote Control the Storm and On the Other Side and, you know, co-wrote a couple other songs as well. Um, So yeah, like Charlotte hadn't really started uh, the songwriting. She did do a bulk, almost all of the lyrics. She wrote all the lyrics and I wonder if maybe she just had the, the best grasp of the English language at the time. And that's why she was uh, chosen to do the songwriting, but her, her, her songwriting or her lyr- lyrically is very strong. And, um, you know, a lot of times when you listen to, you know, a European band, you can tell that their grasp on the English language isn't as strong as maybe it would be if a, a British or an American songwriter wrote it. And I, I feel like you wouldn't really notice that at all in this case. Yeah. The, the songs are not, I mean, I don't think they're like complex in the terms of the lyrics, but I do think that they are clean and I think they are impactful. Um, the, the, the album, as much as it has that like poppy vibe to it, it it's kind of dark. You know, if you, if you really sit down and listen to the lyrics, it's kind of depressing. And, and as I found myself listening to this and I shot you a text earlier in the week when I, when I was going through it, you know, I've, I've played this album more than all the other Delane albums combined. And I say that without hesitation. I've played this album so much when you compare it to the other ones. Um, but at the same time, I had this overwhelming, like, depressed feeling when I was listening to it. And and I, I know you had said, like, you know, off the air, you had said, um, you know, at least we got to see them and, and all that. It, I, I wasn't depressed because the band broke up, although I obviously we'll miss them and I'll miss hearing the music and I'll miss seeing the tours. But I, I was more, it was more of that. The music is just kind of depressing, but in a good way. Um, but I, I was, I was a little uh, taken back at, at, at that an album that I had heard so many times could be that impactful, even after so many listens. Uh, and I'm sure it's just a, 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 a culmination of a lot of things, not being able to see them on tour Obviously, no more records uh, from them, or at least it, with this with this lineup. But it was really more of just how, like, I guess, emotional some of the music can be because it's it is pretty dark. Despite the fact that if you listen to it and don't listen to the words, it actually comes off as like a like I said, a pop album. Right. I I, I kind of love when a band does that because you know you're you're almost like it, it's almost like in a lot of ways like a people think that. Bruce Springsteen's born in the USA is like this, this like anthemic, like, like pro patriot, like a patriotic song. And it's actually an, like an anti like Vietnam war song. I think I'm fairly certain. Um, and it's just, so it's kind of funny how, like if you only listen to the music and not the, and don't pay attention to the lyrics, like you can have a completely different, uh, you know, like viewpoint of a, of a song. And I love when it, it sounds like it's happy, but it, if you really pay attention to the lyrics and what's going on, you know, there's, there's clearly, you know, themes of, of, you know, love and loss and, and you know, breakups and, and things like that. And, and, um, you know, death, like if you really dig into these lyrics, you're gonna, you know, pick, pick up on that. Yeah. Um, so and like I, I agree said- with you. Credit to uh, credit to Charlotte for 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 some of these themes because they are impactful and and don't get me wrong there are songs like I'll Reach You which obviously are are very uplifting but some of this stuff is uh, quite dark for for what's otherwise you know poppy symphonic metal uh, I'll say this and, and I think this is kind of a good way to put a bow on it. it 
you know, I I have enjoyed all these Delane albums to some extent or another. We Are the Others, The Human Contradiction, uh, Moonbathers, and, and the last album, Apocalypse, Apocalypse and Chill, have all been good. But I don't think that they have come even close to this particular album in terms of the pantheon of, of Delane records. Uh, I thought that the last album, Apocalypse and Chill, was by far the best effort since April rain. And it didn't even crack my top 50 from last year. So that should tell you a little bit about, um, I guess what I, what I've thought about their more recent efforts. It was just that when I heard this album, I was so blown away that I've been waiting for them to almost recreate it. And I don't think that they've even come close, not to say that I didn't enjoy it. There's a lot of these albums that are solid seven and 7.5 albums that I certainly enjoy, but it doesn't come close to this in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's just that um, while like Delane continued to to write songs that I would easily put in my you know top ten favorite Delane songs of all time, it it just didn't have like that the impact that this album did as far as one song after the other, just every song being really strong, like really strong. And, and a lot of it too is just nostalgia. Like, you know, it's like you're like, it is with a lot of things. It's your first love. And this was my first love. I mean, I go back, you know, listen, listen to virtue and vice for the millionth time. And then the million and one time this week. And, and it just, it takes me right back to where I was the first time I heard it. I love it as much as I did the, the first time it came out. I remember freaking out when they played it at, uh, Prague Power that year that they played. Um, so it's it's my favorite Delane album as well, and I totally agree with you that their last release was fantastic. And and I will say that the song Masters of Destiny is arguably m- maybe the top three favorite Delane songs ever for me. Um, but yeah, like this was just the one to beat, and and they haven't been able to beat it yet, as far as I'm concerned. With that, what, not for lack you, of trying. And listen, and like I said, I'm not. I'm not knocking the rest of the catalog. I just, I think this is their magnum opus. What do you give this on a scale of one to ten? Uh, yeah, for me, it's 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 a nine point zero. Like just, um, it, you know, like you said, it's not perfect, and I felt like it was a little short. Um, but uh, I mean, overall, it's it's fantastic. I don't know if. I I don't know if I could push it into that kind of like rarefied air of 9.5, which is I think what I gave Oceanborn by Nightwish. Um, but I mean, it's it's pretty damn close for me. Um, so I have uh, I feel pretty confident in giving it a nine. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I gave it a nine as well. And, and like I said, it's it's if if you like symphonic metal and you haven't heard this album you are doing yourself a disservice. And if you are a Delane fan, but only got into them recently and never checked out the back catalog, do yourself a favor and listen to this album from start to finish. Don't just listen to the two tracks that we recommended um, just because it's that good. Um, and I would put it up against anything in the genre just to, because it's 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 so consistent all the way through. And I think the only reason it feels short is because again, I, you know, they're, they're not writing eight or 10 or 12 minute epics the songs move, you're in, you're out, and you go to the next one. But there's 11 gems in a row. And, and quite frankly, you mentioned Come Closer. Even the, even the other bonus track, No Compliance, 
fantastic song. So it's 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 if you can if you can track those down, you got thirteen fantastic tracks in a row, and it just moves. It's going to feel like fifteen minutes, even though it's probably closer to forty five. Yep, I I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I believe no no compliance was a um was from uh Lucidity and this was the version they they added the version with just Charlotte on vocals Correct. as a as a April Rain bonus track. I, I want to say that was um it was either the the song Sharon or Liv Christine sang on. Yeah, uh, that's right. It, it was it was the fourth track on Lucidity, um, but it was just a different version. But it's something that like it, it's a it gives it a new a new flair with 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 Charlotte's vocals. And there's just something so smooth and uplifting about her vocals that you I, I can't even describe it. She I think she's a fantastic singer and actually wildly underrated in the genre. Yeah, I I definitely want to just say that. Um, to everybody that's, you know, myself included, that, that was disappointed to hear the news about the band. Um, Charlotte Wessels is not going anywhere, and I think we're going to be hearing from her for a long time. She's a, a fantastic talent. She's got a, an amazing voice, and she's um, wonderful to watch in a live setting. She has... Um, She's always like she smiles. She's um, she's just is very engaging with the audience, and she's also gotten a lot more comfortable through the years. Because I'm not going to say that she didn't seem comfortable back in 2010, but if you watched her on the last tour, she just seems like she's got a lot more stage presence and confidence about her. At least that's the impression I got. Right. Well, you also have to figure, you know, she's in her early 20s when Delane, uh, you know, starts. So she's just she's she's young and. You know, I, I, uh, I just, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, it stinks that I'm not going to be able to hear Charlotte sing with Delane live anymore. But I know, I know that Charlotte right now has been doing like a Patreon and recording songs on her own to send out to the fans. But, um, whether she starts a a band on her, like on her own or joins another band, I, I am confident that we will be hearing a lot from her. Uh, for a long time to come and and same goes for um the guitarist uh timo summers who's a very talented guitarist um he did uh he did some work with um rn lucasin uh on their gentle storm album i'm not sure he toured with them but he did record um the guitar some of the guitars for that um he's a super uh super talented guy and i met him very briefly once uh when Delane opened for Nightwish and I was um coming back from the the restroom and he was just standing there watching Nightwish and just like getting to enjoy some of the music and I just you know like just shook his hand and been like dude you're awesome I'm not gonna bother you and I just kept walking and he just gave me a big smile said thanks and so I'll remember and I also got to meet Delane before that uh Hammerfall show I brought up at the beginning of the show they were doing an autograph signing beforehand and um, man, just super, super nice bunch of, bunch of folks, uh, Charlotte, especially, um, you know, I had mentioned to her that I was at that first show. That was their first U S show at Prague power. And she just looks at me and goes, so we go way back then. I'm like, Oh my God, marry me. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, they, they were just super cool. Um, so yeah, I think I pretty much, um, told every Delane story that I have. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we got to discuss them. They're a band that deserved 
a, a long form discussion. And um, like you said, I mean, it probably wouldn't have been too much later that I would have probably one of us would have, rec- you know, uh, recommended rec- uh, reviewing this album. It just came a little sooner due to the circumstances, but um, this will always be an all time favorite of mine and, and they'll always be an all time favorite band of mine. And I'm, I'm excited now that kind of the shocks worn off. I'm excited to see what, Martin does next with the band and I'm excited to see what uh, the, the former members do. Um, I love, I, I, and I'll mention also Otto, the bass player is just such a blast to watch live. Just one of those guys who just looks like he's having the time of his life. Um, th- they were always just a, vi- a very visually impactful band. And um, I know we've discussed like how disappointing it is sometimes to see a band like this and, and to have like pre-recorded keyboard parts. And the fact that, you know, you always had Martin doing those live keyboard parts and really doing the music justice. Um, I, I, I've seen Delane at least five times and I don't think I could say I've ever seen a bad Delane show. Yeah, I think that those live keys often separate certain bands. I, and I understand that the, the desire to kind of pipe those in for, for bands where the keys are maybe not as prevalent or just because, uh, you know, it's one less person that they have to bring out on tour. But I think that that's what separates their live show from other live shows. Um, but other than that, I, I completely agree. It's very well said. Um, and I can't believe that, it, uh, you know, it's what, when one chapter closes, I guess other chapters open up. So, you know, maybe the best is even yet to come. We just haven't heard it yet. Right. I mean, I always try to look back and think of like, of all the heartbreak that, you know, a band like Halloween has given us with seeing guys like Kisk and Kai and Roland and Uli leave the band. I mean, at the end of the day, you ended up with Gamma Ray and Unisonic and Masterplan. And, and, you know, there's just sometimes you just have to kind of understand that, like, you're you're letting more creativity kind of flower and blossom into into more cool stuff to listen to and so now you know we have something exciting to look forward to from both charlotte and martin and and the rest of the band whatever it is that they do i mean who's to say maybe everybody that left delane is going to start a new band and they'll just find a new keyboard player and just continue on uh, maybe Meryl uh, Bechtold will rejoin the band. She was a blast also to watch having that, that uh, extra rhythm guitar work and, and um, super cool just seeing a, a female uh, guitar player up on stage in a metal band, which you don't get to see too often. Uh, shout out to Simone from, uh, from, from Voyager. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just think all, all good things to come from, from all these, all these, uh, members former and present of Delane. So I hope we uh, hope we did the band ju- the justice they deserve um, with our little discussion today. No, no, no doubt about that. Uh, you know, the best is yet to come, we hope. So uh, with that, we're going to pivot to next week, which is the first episode in March. And uh, like we said, we've been getting requests in uh, rather frequently. So we appreciate that. We ask you to keep them coming. But uh, why don't you tell everyone what we're going to be doing next week uh, by request? Well, I mean, I always kind of figured that, you know, close friends of ours would, would request stuff and they have, and, um, we're definitely going to, uh, to get to those. Um, but you know, just to be fair, we're going in the order in which these requests come in. And I, I didn't think that so quickly we would actually have a band or at least a member of a band come to us and say, I'd love to hear what you, (laughs) what you, uh, have to say about, one of our albums and and sure enough 
that happened. And I have to say, um, I'm going to have plenty to say about the band itself, but, um, we're going to, uh, talk about, um, a recent release, which I believe we've only done once so far with Amaranth. And we're going to talk about Vanishing Point, uh, the band from Australia, their, uh, release from last year, Dead Elysium, which I had fairly high on my, uh, my list of my favorite albums from last year. Um, their, uh, two guitar players, uh, James, who goes by Bushy, um, and, uh, and Chris Porcianco are, ever since I met them a few years ago at Prague Power, um, they've stayed in touch and they are two of the nicest guys that you would ever want to meet or talk to. And they're just such gracious dudes. Um, I have some fun stories to tell about meeting them at Prague Power, but um, Bushy had, had mentioned to me via Twitch of all places, uh, you know, I was mentioning him that we had started a, a podcast and he said, oh, we, we would, and I, I was saying how much I enjoyed the new album. He said, I'd love to hear you know, your thoughts on the podcast. So that's what we're going to do. By request, it's going to be uh, the new Vanishing Point album, which was in my top uh, 50 as well. I, I, so right off the bat, spoiler, we liked it. Uh, but we'll get into more detail about obviously that album and some of the back catalog as well um, by request from, from the guys in Vanishing Point themselves. So uh, I look forward to that. But without further ado, I will uh, sign off now and just say that uh, we hope we did the lane justice and we look forward to Vanishing Point next week. Yep, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll do that Symphony X uh, five new uh, new mythology suite album the following week, um, and then uh, after that, Justin will um, recommend you know the next album, and and we'll try to continue to have the first episode of each month be a, a requested album as best we can. But that's the plan going forward. So um, you know. I just wanted to say uh, thanks to everybody who's been listening. We've gotten a lot of listens to the uh, the Killers episode that we did last week. I, I was pretty amazed at, at how many people have listened to it um, via podcast apps and YouTube. Um, I'd say it's probably our the fastest um, any like people have listened to any of our shows so far which I guess is not terribly surprising considering Iron Maiden's kind of a big deal, but um, it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a good feeling. Like I, I feel like um, we're getting out there to new people. Um, unfortunately not if they live in Cuba, but um, <laughs> you know, it's cool to, to, to see some of these other countries that are listening and, and even just hearing from people that we know that they've listened and they're enjoying it. So it means a lot to us and, and uh, you know, we have no plans of slowing down. So um and as long as bands keep breaking up, we'll have more, <laughs> more plans, you know, more, more ideas for albums to talk about. Re- so. Really, really depressing. I'll, you know, I'll just say this: leave us a positive review, not because we want to see it per se, but just because other people it bring it brings uh, it brings the podcast to the eyes of other people, and the more reviews we get preferably positive the more reviews we get uh the the easier it is for other people to find us so uh continue to check us out on social media we post our stuff uh you know on on the regular and we look forward to uh bringing you the new vanishing point next week Uh, absolutely so uh yeah um just want to uh wish everybody an awesome week and uh take care stay safe everyone take it easy